Hello and welcome to the 10-Minute Leadership Podcast. I'm Dr. Oren Hertz and in front of me via Zoom is the legendary, he is a legend in my mind, Jay Wilkinson, CEO of Firespring. I, um, by the way, Jay, before we say hello, I want to tell you that I, I worked up this episode and I keep um, uh, redirecting the listeners to watch your TED Talk either before this episode or after because they're going to miss out if not. So Jay Wilkinson agreed to give me some of his time. He's a busy man to uh, discuss leadership and specifically culture, because in my eyes, Jay is um, just a culture guru because he gets it. So Jay Wilkinson, welcome to the 10 Minute Leadership Podcast. Orin, thank you so much. That's a very warm welcome. And I, I need to have you talk to my children a little more often. And, and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> They're missing out on what, you know, on, on, yeah. on yeah, totally. Oh, okay. Well, um, you have my number, so I can do a pep, pep talk <laughs> with them anytime. Jay, I really very truly appreciate you, you being here and giving, me your t- giving us your time because, um, as I said, and I'm not just uh, blowing steam here, I really, um, I, I, I love the way you think and I love your work and from what I know and what you've done. So, um uh, perhaps in a nutshell, you can you can share with us the the, the uh, quick version, if you will, of the Firespring story. Yeah, well, we uh, we we've been through ups and downs, you know, and our our more our more recent chapter through the pandemic is uh, um, is, is it has been one of the most trying times. Um, you know, again, all companies go through these cycles of the ebbs and flows of. of Revenue attainment, revenue loss, revenue attainment, revenue loss. People um, coming and going, etc. But um, go, going all the way back to the beginning of Fire Spring, um, we were kind of forged through metal um, uh, and 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 through trials and tribulations um, during a time right after 9/11. Um, and the, those of us that are old enough remember that whole episode in in our history. Uh, but right after that, the economy kind of went into the into the dumpster and. Uh, the business that I had raised a lot of money through venture capitalists for um, just started to just plummet because we all of a sudden couldn't get people to buy our products and services. And uh, my venture led board of directors, um, and that's one of the things I talk about in that TED talk, actually fired me as the CEO of my own company. Um, Lots of mistakes that I made even to allow that to happen, which is a totally different episode and a totally different story. Um, But uh, the, the, the upside of that is that it, it made us really look in internally and uh, um, brought all of the people in our company together. And together we made decisions that helped us rise out of that. And one of the um, many things that came out of that were, were, the, were the values that we now hold dear to our company um, and uh, this mindset that we are all in this together. The vast majority of those people who were there uh, all the way back at 9-11 uh, to 2001, the majority of them are still here um, and still helping build um, the amazing uh, things that we do and take care of our, our customers. And so um, we, we went through a really hard time um, after 9-11, um, re- recovered and have now grown. And in, uh, in 2016, we were chosen um, as one of the 50 best places to work in America. And I don't put a lot of stock into that. Um, I, I really think that a lot of that is you know, marketing and positioning and all of that. So it's not something that we, we put a lot of uh, pride and talk in, but um, it, it, it's something that 
that we work really hard, not, and by we, I don't mean me and, and our leadership team, but all of our employees, all of the people that are part of, of our organization work really hard to make sure that we, we don't um, ever stop that because the, you know, the moment you think you've got it figured out is the moment you start to die on the vine. So I think the most important aspect of the fire spring story is the fact that we we don't think we have it figured out. Um, we don't have it all right yet. We're still working on that and we'll always be working on that. And um, it, our, our mantra that's all around our building, you know, in signs is find a better way, find a better way, constantly seeking uh, to learn better ways to do everything and not ever settle on the fact that we've got something all figured out. So I think that's the, the most fundamental aspect of company culture in general but specifically as part of the fire spring story, that's what drives it for us is, is that notion of always trying to find a better way. That's amazing, Jay, because you know, uh, there's, uh, there's a big study out there uh, that says that either, I forget, it's either 70 or 80% of the American workforce is disengaged at work. Yep. You, you're, I'm sure you're familiar with it. So having an environment, getting that, um, award or reward of, of being uh, the top 50 companies to work for is absolutely amazing because I'm sure you have friends or perhaps family members like I do. When I ask them, <clears throat> how's work? And they go, eh, it's work. It's a paycheck. Yeah. You know, and then I feel like this lucky bastard that goes into a university and mm -hmm. teaches for a great leadership team and a great university company, if you will, culture and I'm happy every day and I'm supported and loved. And so I asked the question, you know, what is it? What is it that 20% like Fire Spring, like Florida International University where I teach, uh, like Club Corp I used to work for, um, what is special about that? And, and I wanna ask you that, cause you are the CEO, you, you're, you're the person in charge, obviously. Yeah, um, I think I think that mindset that you that you know we were just talking about is what makes it special. That the, um, the process of building a culture and building a workplace where people feel like they're part of something that's bigger than themselves. People feel like um, the the mission of the overall organization um, is is fundamentally something that they want to be part of, um, as opposed to I come to work every day and I do this task over and over again. Um, that's the creation of that in an environment is what makes it work, is what makes it stand out. Again, you know, people want to be seen, people want to be heard, and they want to be part of something. And as long as we build environments where we genuinely not, um, you know, make up a bunch of words and put it on a poster on the wall and say, see how great we are. You know, there, there are lots of companies that build value statements that don't live those value statements every day. I know of a lot of them. Um, so it's not about just going through the process of putting the words on the wall. It's about truly believing and, and aspiring and intentionally building a culture that people want to be part of. And it's, it, it, again, it's a, it's a journey. It's not a destination. You, you never land at a spot. And that's the key um, that, that uh, you know, universities, companies, enterprises, nonprofits, all, all kinds of different organizations and entities, the ones that that kill it, that do such a great job are the ones that are constantly intentionally focused on how to make it better every, every, every month, every year. Sure, sure. Do you know what I think, Jay, is that some leaders, and, and I can't really put a number to it, but there are some leaders that forget that every single person, every person 
we we just met you and I. You know, we're going through a journey. We have something going on in our lives yeah. that is, um, it's a sad story for sure. There is something, always something going on. No one is exempt. Everyone's in the same boat. Every yeah. single rich, poor, doesn't matter. And creating an environment that is so safe and happy and fulfilling is almost like an escape for employees from their daily lives. They look forward to come to work. I've experienced it as a leader where I had service staff and cooks uh, when they called in sick. I remember one of them was in tears because he said, Oh, and I am so sorry. I am sick as a dog, but I feel I'm, I'm letting you down, letting the team down. And I said, Chris, you're sick. Stay home. It's okay. We'll figure it yeah. out. That, that's a reward. Or like you said, Jay, that you have most or the majority of your team since, since September 11th uh, of 2001. I mean, talking about um, um, employee turnover rate. It's just amazing, and it's it's a testimony where pe- people won't leave. It's not about the money, and and we'll get into the Wendy story in a minute because it's not about the money. It's about the love, and it's about the how they feel when they come to work. Uh, yeah. I remember in your TED talk you wrote uh, or you read a um, uh, a testimony from one of your employees. Every time I hear it over and over again, I tear up because what an amazing feeling it must fuel you too doesn't it i mean oh no question yeah right i mean this is what cuz this is what it's all about <laughs> this it is what it's all about yeah. and and, and there, you know there there is a movement afoot um i it's it's uh, most of my work today is focused on helping elevate what i um the what i call the do more good movement um and it's about the uh, creating alignment um, business leaders and owners need to understand, I fervently believe this, that, that we need to understand that if we don't change the way that we do business to focus on what conscious capitalism calls the triple bottom line, um, certified B Corps you know, has, has their nomenclature for it, 1% for the planet is, is really focused on the environment and the planet. But there's all these frameworks and, and, and uh, movements all, all over the world that are going on right now around finding how to instill purpose into a business philosophy and companies that don't figure out that they have to do that. I personally believe more that they won't be around in five to eight years. I think they're going to go the way of the dinosaur because you, people who want to work for companies that, that again, bring them meaning won't work for them yes. and, and consumers won't buy their products and services. It's changing fast. Yeah. So it's not just a matter of, um, doing something that's good or nice or you know i want to build an environment that people like to be part of it's about survival too uh it's 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 deeper than that it's 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 got to be something that businesses are focused on or they're not even going to make it the next decade i i fervently believe that yeah i couldn't agree more jay you're absolutely right because there's there's um a shift a pair um the word escaped me, but... Uh, paradigm shift? Paradigm, thank you. See, I was close. Yeah, well, I almost said parallel. But yes, there's a paradigm shift uh, that we can get into and talk about. It's probably generation-driven. Some say it's by the millennials and Gen Z uh, mm-hmm. that do more work. That, that's a part of it. But what's important for us as leaders is to know, recognize, and act upon this paradigm shift and not just let it pass by us. Because if we do... Then, like you said, and I couldn't agree more, we're not we're not going to survive. 
you know, that business is not going to survive. It's going to perish because you got to... Yeah. You gotta jump on the wagon with everyone else, whether you like it or not, and hopefully you like it because it's it's a really good shift, and it's well needed. Uh, you know, the baby boomers suffered from corporate America that was very abusive, yeah. And and, and it's not that it's not abusive now, uh, but it's less abusive. And the goal is to find companies like Firespring that are the opposite on the opposite spectrum, and people absolutely love being there which leads me into the uh, wendy story and and i i know it's in your ted talk and it's probably one of my favorite stories so would you tell it again please for the listeners in, ca- <laughs> in case it didn't uh yeah uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell a, an abridged version with the time that we have sure but essentially uh and, and this has happened now multiple times over the years that um but wendy was somebody who was an early um an early team member at Firespring. Um, and in fact, uh, she started like within a couple of days after I was fired as the CEO um, and, and, and uh, of my own company uh, and um, didn't really even know what was going on as a new employee. You know, you don't have all this all, all this prior knowledge and history. But um, if she would have known what was going down at the time, um, it would have freaked her out. But uh, we, we ended up uh, she was there when we when we kind of forged our initial culture and we had to kind of go through the fire and. Many years later, um, she had uh, an opportunity to increase her compensation substantially with another company that had recruited her. She's she's an amazing, um, amazing, talented human and uh, one of my favorite people. Um, and Wendy, uh, when she when she left, um, we had a deep conversation about. It. She didn't report to me, but she came into my office and said, "Jay, there's something I want to talk to you about." Mm-hmm. And she shared with me that she had this this amazing financial opportunity. And I, of course, said, Wendy, if this is what you, what you need to do for your family, of course, we're going to have your back. And, you know, we had we um, uh, uh, had a really great emotional conversation. Some tears flowed. She went out the door and went on um, and it didn't take very long. Um, she she landed at the desk of her new job, new job and. It was like, I, I don't remember the exact, because um, I haven't li- watched that TED Talk for like probably five years now. I need to go back and watch that. <laughs> You're missing out. Um, but but I, I think that, uh, I think it was maybe like a week or a week and a half later. It wasn't yeah. very long. Yeah. Um, and I hear this voice on the other end, Jay, this is Wendy. Um, and she's she like, can I come back? And I just remember, of course, Wendy, of course you can come back. Um, because she had gotten into this new environment. And even though it was, like $20,000 more than what she was making. And, and we weren't at a place where we could elevate her compensation at that point. Um, she, she wasn't happy. She, she didn't have people when she got up to walk to the break room or the water cooler that she felt connected with. She didn't feel connected to the mission and the purpose of the organization. Mm-hmm. She didn't feel like the work that she did mattered beyond the work that she did, if that makes sense. Yes. And, and she, she needed to, um, make a change. And so, of course, she, she came back. We have, um, you know, probably a good 15, 20 people in our organization now that are rebounders, as we call them, that, um, that have left for greener grass, um, only to realize that, um, you know, the AstroTurf isn't quite what it appears to be, you know, and, and, and they're back. Yes. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's the story of Wendy. And I, I think I just shared with you, I just um, had a conversation with Wendy this morning. Yes. And, uh, She's, uh, she's one of the greatest stewards of our culture that we have in, in our organization. Absolutely amazing. You know, Jay, I know you're a very busy man, so I don't, I don't want to hold you too, too long, but I want to 
there's one question that I really would like to 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 understand, and it really interests me when I when I meet when I see when I meet people like you. How are you wired? What makes you tick? So, so I, what I'm trying to understand at what point in your life, perhaps you can identify that point, you've realized how important a culture is and, and to treat people the way you treat them so uh, amazingly. I mean, I'd love to work for you. This is not my field, but maybe in next life, um, <laughs> hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll end up working for you. So can you identify it about yourself? Like what, at what point, what made you tick and say, this is how this works? Um, you know, it's not even a business thing for me. I, ah. my grandmother, uh, lived to be 103 years old. Oh, bless. And, uh, and she actually babysit Buffalo Bill's grandchildren back in the day in, in central Nebraska, where I grew up. I grew up in the Sand Hills area of Nebraska. And, wow. Um, but she, she, she was a woman ahead of her time. Um, she was born in 1901. Um, and, uh, she, uh, in her 20s took over her father's company because he passed away. And she ran the business for 60 years. Um, and it was a trucking company. And these, these big burly men would come in in their trucks in the, in the 20s, and they didn't have power steering, and they couldn't back up to the loading dock. So she would run out, tell them to get out. She would jump into the cab and back these trucks up for them. Wow. I mean, she was just an amazing woman. And I remember my entire life, and I shared a birthday with, with my grandma, Esther. So we had a special bond. As a kid, that was like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the same birthday. Um, and I would go over to her house almost every day after school, all through grade school, middle school, et cetera. And the lessons that I learned from her are the things that have seeded more of my inspiration around how to operate business than anything else. And one of the lessons that I remember talking to her about um, uh, was this, this whole thing. And I, and I witnessed her do it over and over with her own employees. Cause I would go into where she worked and see how she talked to the men that reported because it was all men that reported to her. Yes. Um, and, uh, the, her, without using the word vulnerability, that's what it was. Um, and I remember learning from her that, you know, we, we tend to judge ourselves based on our intentions but we judge others based on the impact of their words or actions because we can't see into their heart. We don't know what they were intending to say, right? So we, um, we, we give ourselves the, you know, the, the, the grace of intent, but we don't give that to others. And so at the point in time that I learned early on how to really process that into, if I say something or do something that harms or hurts someone, just even, um, even if it's just a, uh, um, you know, words that make them think, well, I wonder why he said that, or, you know, second guessing. <clears throat> if I learn about, um, you know, and this is great in my, my, my wife and I in our relationship as well, because, you know, in all relationships, we have these things that happen where um, it, it's, it's where we, we are judging one another based on um, actions and um, words rather than their intentions. So I've learned early on that I needed to curb my defensiveness um, and not immediately throw up my arms and say, that's not what I meant at all. You know, I don't know why you're angry with me. That's not what I intended to do. Um, I I learned early on to honor the wound, tend to the wound first of my actual actions, and then later possibly come back and deal with the intent thing, even rather than be defensive. And that, that one little thing, if I you carry that across an organization and, and everyone in a management position who LMA leads, manages, or holds people accountable in an organization, mm. 
Every manager knows how uh, and the importance of vulnerability and the importance of in, uh, honoring intent. Um, the, it's, it's magical what can happen with relationships and trust and all of the other things that cascade off of that. And I learned that from my grandmother. And I, I think that's really foundational, fundamental to the philosophy that I've um, um, evolved into over time. That's absolutely amazing, you know, and, and it, it drives the point that leaders are in different shapes and form, including grandmothers. And, yeah. and that's fantastic because I've, I've learned, although my grandmother did not uh, have to deal with burly men and, and truck drivers, <laughs> uh, she was a very wise woman. And I remember always listening to her. And I, I, I truly believe that I've learned kindness from her by simply observing and watching her. Yep and um, the way she speak, spoke to people and how respectful she was and how empathetic she was. And, and she cried with her neighbor one time because the neighbor's cat died. Uh, it, it, do you know, and, and I saw yeah. all this and, and I've internalized it. And, and I said, without it, I don't think I even said that to myself. I just realized this is, this is how things should be. There's really yeah. no other way. There's no, the alternative is not an option to me. Yeah. Uh, and so I can really relate to that, Jay, because, because she was one of my leaders. Uh, honestly, my own grandmother. I and, love that. Right? And it's, I, I love your story. It's absolutely amazing because sometimes we think as leaders, well, we, we got to learn from, from this politician, which we definitely should not learn from them. Um, <laughs> or, or, you know, from, from this uh, um, public figure or celebrity yeah. No, leadership is all around us. We just have to look mm -hmm. and identify and find uh, those people around us that, that do so good and, and we can learn and apply. And, and look now, I mean, thanks to your grandmother, partially at least, look at, at the successful company you're running. That's absolutely amazing. So, yeah. so hats off, yes. And um, so uh, I'll say the following, Jay. I, I, I don't know if you know that, but this podcast is free for listeners. So I am shamelessly uh, doing plugins because you know what, if it's free, then we're going to do plugins. So uh, perhaps you can tell for those who do not fully understand what, what FireSpring offers as services uh, would it be for individuals or companies and maybe you'll land some business out of it. So, yeah. Well, for, yeah, so F FireSpring, we are an agency that works with companies and nonprofit organizations all over the world, we have clients in 14 countries and in all 50 states, and uh, we provide uh, strategic guidance uh, that's activated through marketing, creative services like an ad agency. Mm -hmm. um, we do. Uh, I got. We got to start in the printing business. We still have a very uh, wide scale printing business, and we do a lot of work there. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the aspect of our business that's growing the fastest, and the one that that I'm uh, most plugged into and engaged with, is uh, the work that we're doing with other companies, helping them go through a process of, because most of them already have core values established, but there is a better way to do it that we've really honed in on and discovered that includes every employee in the entire organization mm -hmm. to feed into um, a process and an activity. Um, and then a series of, of, of surveys and distilling down to help evolve and clarify core values. So we do a lot of core values work with organizations around the country now. Um, and we, we pair that with um, helping, give, giving them um, a path to finding a better way to develop culture in their own business. 
So that's, a, that's something that we're doing actively as part of our, our company now. Most of my time, however, Orrin, is spent right now on the Do More Good movement, um, where my uh, advisory board are the founders and leaders of conscious capitalism, of 1% for the planet, um, of certified B corporations or B labs, um, and then also President Obama's chief legal counsel in his administration, her name is Preta Bonsal. She's the one that was responsible for creating the original benefit corporation legislation, which is now passed in 38 states. So the four largest frameworks around putting purpose into business um, um, all joined together with me to help create this movement called the Do More Good Movement. And you can learn more about that at domoregood.com. And uh, that's the... Uh, that's where my passion is right now is to help elevate this conversation and to, to educate business leaders on the importance of, of, of pursuing their path to purpose in business. That's absolutely amazing. I love that. And I'm going to say this on air and not when we stop the recording. Um, if there's anything I can do there and if I can be a part of it, I'm interested. Um, Thank you. So, yeah, and I mean it. You know, I, I, I'm a person that speaks from the heart. I'm, it's, it's for the love and not the money. I'm not looking to... This podcast is free. I, 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 I get zero dollars from it. I do this because I believe in it. And I have listenership all over the world, So, uh, which is really amazing. And it's not for ego or anything like that. It is purely to give back. I have yeah. all this knowledge. You have all this knowledge. There's wonderful people like you out there that it, this is an opportunity to to amplify to to amplify your voice so people can hear so you can hear what you have to say uh the little i have to say uh and and other guests that i had on the show and will have in the show in the future so that's amazing so it is on record if there's anything i can do you have my my contact <laughs> information yes no thank you absolutely yes jay wilkinson you're a busy man i i can i wish i i could talk with you for hours i can tell but um i'm sure you have work to do so i do <laughs> want to thank you so 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 very much for doing this thank you for joining uh, as a guest here uh, this will be aired at the beginning of june and i will send you a link once it is aired and um i, I hope people listen to it uh ladies and gentlemen jay wilkinson my very special guest round of applause <laughs> Thank you, Oren. Thank you, too, very much, Jay. And um, thank you for listening and for tuning in for this uh, special guest episode with Jay Wilkinson. Take care of yourself, be well, and I look forward to our next episode.